I turned it on to Parisi's, you know. <laughs> Fun, they look like a couple guys that once asked me, do you have the money yet? Somebody <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the chat room says, Vinny looks like the lawyer and Joey looks like like his client. <laughs> I think I heard from one of them, maybe they were related to them. Uh, if you don't have it by Tuesday, it's out of my hands. <laughs> I mean, stuff like that. <laughs> I'm hey everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's Tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get t-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the bar room with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Every summer in Chicago, the sunshine spotlights the city's spectacular skyline. Its luxurious lakeshore, marvelous monuments, and the over 200 neighborhoods in the city. And it also brings to light two of the greatest sports franchises in the world. On the north side, it's the Cubs. On the south side, it's the White Sox. This is Crosstown Crosstalk. Hello and welcome to episode number 19 of Crosstown Crosstalk presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny. And I'm Joey. And Joseph, you like baseball. I love baseball. You like beer? Love beer. What's your favorite kind of, you know, domestic? What's your favorite domestic? My favorite domestic? That's like local, like here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been talking a lot of shit about Miller Lite, but in the past like year or so, that great tasting less filling has grown on me. So, yeah, as a we're a great tasting less filling podcast, and no baseball team has embraced the great tasting less filling lifestyle than the Milwaukee Brewers. So, I would like to welcome on a very special guest, and that is David Gasper of Reviewing the Brew, Fan Sided's Milwaukee Brewers page, Dave. How we doing? I'm doing good, man. I, I've just downed a whole six pack of Miller Lights in the last like five minutes um, because I'm with you, Joey. Love the great taste, less filling. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, man. Dude, Joey used to be like the anti great tasting, less filling I, guy. I was never anti. I, I thought it was funny. I always thought it was funny to like call it it was okay tasting kind of filling still but <laughs> over this mm. past year or so i don't know what it is it's it's my go-to thing i order now i don't know it's, it's a great crisp beer especially on draft it's because he loves the brewers so much absolutely yeah i, I do on draft like, and on draft and in the bottle definitely the best ways the cans are kind of eh but in the bottle and on draft definitely definitely top ways to to drink it I agree with you completely, although the can is just so sweet looking. It's a beautiful It can. is sweet looking. Yeah. 
Yeah. But but the taste the is definitely better from the over. from the bottle. Yeah, for sure. So getting into baseball, did you think the Milwaukee Brewers were going to be this good this season before it started? I didn't think they were going to be this good. I mean, I, I knew they they could win the win the division. I, I knew that they you know could you know put some stuff together and that they had a really really good team. Um, and that you know if everything came together for the pitching or everything kind of came together for. Um, you know, the offensive players, um, that, that they could have something really special. I did not foresee a 14 game division lead. Um, you know, it, it's just been, oh, now, now it's down to 12 and a half. Yeah. We, we lost to Detroit for whatever reason, Detroit and Kansas city have just killed us this year, but Detroit's pesky this year, they've made the white Sox look dumb on occasion too. Not too much to yeah. worry about. Though. Yeah. Well, like the bottom of the AL central, like the, the, I think the Brewers are combined three and eleven against the Twins, Royals, and Tigers this year. It is the That's strangest crazy. thing. They that just swept the Indians. They they no hit them in one of the games, and the other one they beat them eleven to one, and they could not do anything against the Tigers. It was it was the weirdest thing. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, what do you what do you make of the season that Christian Yelich is having this year? Whether it be you know the good and the bad, like what do you make of the season he's had thus far? Yeah, it's it's weird. It's a very weird season. He's it, it seems like he's reverted back to hitting the ball on the ground like all the time, like what he did when he was with Miami. Um, but he was still fairly successful with that Miami because he was still at least like you know, hitting it hard and, and, you know, getting some distance on it. Now it's just kind of rollover choppers. Um, it, it's not really even quality contact. You know, for a while there, he, he'd been going really well, uh, hitting the ball hard, hitting the ball to the opposite field, uh, and really just kind of, you know, getting back into a groove. We, we still haven't seen the power fully show up, uh, but it seemed like he was getting there. But, I mean, over the past few games, it, it really kind of seems like he's just kind of back, you know, chopping it into the ground. You know, he hasn't been hitting – I feel like his numbers overall in the clutch, like in big situations, look a lot better than what I what I feel like it should be. You know, like like he's been up in so many big situations where it's like, oh boy, you know, bases loaded. Here's Christian Yelich. You know, runners in scoring position, down by one or two. Here's Christian Yelich, and it just he grounds out or strikes out, and it's just it, it's been so frustrating. It's been especially frustrating for him. I mean, just hearing his post game comments. Like he's talking about how much he sucks and, and how how much of a terrible season that he's having, and like all this stuff. It it's very weird to me, like just kind of like how open he is about his struggles, um, and, and just kind of like that. That's what his mindset is. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not entirely sure what to make of his season. Um, there there's been flashes, but we haven't quite seen full MVP form. Uh, from him quite yet yeah do you think it's possible that you know maybe come playoff time he's able to get back to that form and that's obviously what you want in the playoffs from him yeah I mean that that's what it was looking like we were on track for I mean the the other day I mean he was saying it's like you know it feels good to to feel good at the plate again so he was he was getting into the point where he's feeling good and he's feeling you know ready to go and, and he's getting back into a good place uh, at the plate you know maybe just kind of you know the last two games seem a little you know rough uh, but overall, I, I think he's definitely in a much better place now than he was earlier in the season, um, and that's very good. And, and you know, he could be on track to getting back to um, that MVP type form uh, by by October. 
Um, you know, I, I've been saying it for a while, you know, when he kind of got on that hot stretch, he was a lot more like Miami Marlins, Christian Yelich, you know, where he's hitting the ball hard, getting a lot of base hits, getting some extra base hits, but just not lifting the ball, not getting a lot of power. Um, but, you know, he's still kind of around there, still hasn't had the power show back up. But um, I think when when you get that full crowd and you get the lights shining the brightest, you know, he's someone that historically has performed well in those situations. So I think he'll end up uh, being just fine come October. For sure. And if you would have told me that, you know, going into the season, the Brew Crew is going to have a 12 and a half game lead on September 16th. But Christian Yelich is going to be having this like crazy down year where like he shows up sometimes. But for the most part, it's been a disappointment, like you say. And then I look to the pitching rotation and I'm like, our two favorite teams are kind of in the same mold where they're run by their elite staff. And you got Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta. All of them have been elite starters for an elite rotation this season. And I'd like to know your thoughts on if that actually makes the Brewers more dangerous going into the postseason than if they just relied on offense the whole time. Oh, 100%. Uh, I think their rotation is what makes them uh, one of the scariest teams come postseason because, I mean, really, you go into a short series or even a long series, um, facing the trio of Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta is not going to be fun. Um, and, you know, even in a five-game series, one of those guys is going to be pitching twice. And for your number four starters, you could, you know, tandem, you could do mix and match of whatever between Eric Lauer, Adrian Hauser, uh, Aaron Ashby. You could have so many different guys, um, you know, fill that spot. And they're all nasty. They, they've all been so good. Eric Lauer has like a 2.0 ERA since late June. Like, like over the last like two and a half months, he's got an ERA of two. Um, you know, Adrian Hauser has, has also had a really low ERA over the past couple of months. He's really turned it on. Had the team's first complete game shutout since 2014. Um, it, it's been it, it's been ridiculous what they have in this rotation. How deep they are. How good the, this top five has been, um, and really top six because I mean, Brett Anderson has been you know in the rotation right now. He's heard got the shoulder contusion from a 103 mile an hour line drive he took off of it um, a week or so ago, but. That rotation has just been so crazy, and I think that does make them 100% more dangerous in postseason because when you look at postseason's past, which team generally wins? The team with the better pitching, you know? And when the Brewers made it to the NLCS in 2018, they were relying on a career year from Yolise Chessin, who is, like, at best a number three starter, and Wade Miley, um, it, it's just, they didn't really have the depth in the rotation. They had, to, they had the depth in the bullpen. They had a ridiculous bullpen. Brandon Woodruff was in there. Corbin Burns was in there. Freddie Peralta was in there. They were all in the bullpen back then. Plus you still had Josh Hader back there. Um, and, and, uh, Jeremy Jeffress, who was having a career year that year. Um, so uh, the pitching is so much deeper this time around. And I think that's going to lead them to to where they want to go, just because it's exactly what you need in the playoffs. As long as you have enough pitching, um, your offense should be enough to get it done. Yeah. Speaking of the playoffs, a lot of times with the teams that have been successful over the past few years, there's a guy who you don't really expect to necessarily be the hero. Someone, you know an underdog or someone you just not, not necessarily the big name. Who could that be for this year's Milwaukee Brewers? 
Who's oh, the man. It, guy, you know, that comes to mind in that situation? Well, I, I think the guy who's been the biggest clutch guy all season long is Willie Adamas. I'm not sure if he's necessarily under the radar at this point um, or at any point in his life has he been under any sort of uh, radar. I mean, he is probably the most um, flamboyant personality uh, you, we've kind of seen around since probably since Carlos Gomez. Um, and, and if you remember anything about Carlos Gomez, you remember he had a very flamboyant uh, personality. Um, but yeah, Adamas is, is the guy that's really kind of come through in the clutch all season long. Uh, he really was a spark that turned this team around. I mean, they, they were scuffling in the early going, especially offensively. Uh, they were 22 and 23 when they traded for Adamas on, on May 21st. And then he arrived on May 22nd. And since then, they've been like 35 games above 500. The offense has gone from either first or, or second worst in the league to now top five in the league since, since May 22nd. Um, it, it's been phenomenal what he's done. He has changed the, the clubhouse. He has changed the lineup. Uh, he's deep in that lineup. Um, and he's really, if it wasn't for Fernando Tatis having such a great season, and honestly, if it wasn't for uh, Adamas kind of getting hurt here with the quad, at the end of the season, I'd say there's an outside chance that Willie Domus could be NL MVP. Um, you know, I, I think that's certainly tailed off with the injury here and, and with what's happened in September. But um, he's clearly been the Brewers MVP this year, especially on offense. Um, he really turned this team around just with his energy, uh, what he brought to the clubhouse and the, the fun that he brings every single day. It fits the Brewers so perfectly and the clubhouse that they've had for the past several years. Um, he's someone that uh, is really going to, to shine in the postseason, and he's shined all season long since coming to Milwaukee. Yeah, I bet he probably will get, like, top five MVP votes, top ten. Yeah. He'll, he'll get votes for sure. I don't think yeah. he'll win it, but he'll get votes. For sure. Do you think, going back to Joey's question about the kind of unsung hero, you think our old friend Avi Garcia could – being somewhat of an impact player in the playoffs? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he's certainly been an impact player um, all, all season long. I mean, he's at a career high in home runs right now, uh, really having a strong season. I mean, he, he had a very down year last year. Um, it, it was really kind of tough. But, I mean, Avi's played extremely well. He, right now he's got the back acting up on him. Uh, le left the first game against Detroit with back spasms. Um, but, you know, they, they think it's pretty minor and he should be fine. But – yeah, Avi is, is someone who's really had a strong season. It's been kind of quiet, but I mean, he's leading the Brewers in home runs. Yeah. Um, and that was not something I expected at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, we already talked about Yelich, but also Keston Hero's done absolutely nothing this year offensively. Um, so there's, I, I think Avi definitely has a, that kind of a role that he can play. He, he's a very key member of the offense. So it may not be completely unsung, but he's. He'll, he'll be in plenty of big situations uh, come October. Oh, yeah. Another another guy I'm a fan of in that outfield is, of course, Jackie Bradley Jr. I'm, I'm a Red Sox fan. And, you know, his out, he might not have the offensive numbers, but his outfield work is, is still awesome. Yeah. Might not have the offensive numbers is a massive understatement. <laughs> yeah. He has been atrocious Terrible. Yeah. offensively. It is so bad. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand how... After all this time, 
he has not had a single hot streak. Like I knew he was going to be hot and cold. Everyone, you know, uh, every Red Sox fan I'd, I had seen on Twitter is like, oh my God, you're going to love Jackie. He's going to frustrate you at times. He's going to be kind of hot and cold. He's going to have a, a month where he looks like he doesn't belong in the big leagues. Then he's going to have, you know, a couple of weeks where he looks like, you know, one of the best hitters. I haven't seen a single one of those stretches where he looks like a good hitter. I haven't seen a single one. It, it's been all bad offensively for him. He's been he's got a cannon for an arm. He's a great defender. Um, we've seen that numerous times out there in center field and in right field. But man, he's been he's been struggling at the plate. Like I I don't know how it's been this bad all season, and he hasn't had any sort of hot streak. He's yeah. going to be that guy who hits a home run in the playoffs and people are going to be like, like Scott <laughs> yeah. said, ALCS MVP one time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the Dodgers and giants have already clinched and they're looking like, you know, if any team's going to win a hundred, it's going to be one of those two. I think the Rays are in the mix for that too, but the giants and Dodgers are scary looking right now. And are they your two most feared playoff opponents as far as being a Brewers fan? Or is there somebody else that sticks out even more than them? Not really. I mean, for it, it might be overconfidence uh, on my part, but really, I think the Brewers are the team that others should be fearing when, when it comes to the postseason. I mean, as, as we talked about with that rotation, um, you know, Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, I mean, you can put in any combination of the three um, and you can end up with, you know, after those those guys go through, you could end up with a three nothing series lead. Um, in the, in the NLDS, that'll be enough. Um, but you have a chance to win every single game with the starting rotation that the Brewers have. Um, and then the way the offense has been performing, they, you know, they have a really good chance to win each time out. Um, I, I think the Dodgers are probably the more feared one just for one, um, because the Brewers have played them two out of the last three times in the postseason, and the Dodgers have eliminated them two out of the last three times um, they were in the postseason. Um, it's an experienced postseason roster. You know, they, they do have a lot of big names. They got the Mookie Betts. They, they got the Trey Turner. They got Max Scherzer now. They, they have uh, Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw. Uh, they got a really good rotation themselves. But really – I have faith in Dave Roberts completely mismanaging his roster in the postseason. I feel like he does it every single year. Um, and Craig Council, I think, is the best manager in baseball. And I don't even think that's a, a biased perspective. I mean, that, that, that's been so many people across the game have seen Craig Council as one of the best managers in baseball. And with what he can do with, with a pitching staff and what he can do with, with a roster – um, I think he maximizes it every single time out. So really, I, I think the Brewers are the, are the team to fear, uh, but the Dodgers are are not far behind. Yeah, I actually couldn't agree more. Like the the Brewers are definitely one of the team big teams to fear in the NL. We saw on the standings earlier that they are twelve and a half games currently above their their second place division rival. That's the biggest lead for any first place team in the MLB. How do you see them handling like the last month or so of the regular season? Like, do uh, do you expect them to rest some of their big guys, or because we're dealing with that in Chicago right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would I would expect uh, Craig Council to be a lot more cautious with some of his guys once they get it wrapped up. The magic number is down to five right now, um, so 
They should be wrapping it up fairly soon. Uh, the Cubs and Cardinals have kind of been going back and forth on the uh, second place. Uh, now the Reds are – no, not Cubs and Cardinals. Cardinals and Reds um, there because the uh, Reds are kind of collapsing because they have absolutely mm-hmm. no bullpen. Um, and then the Cardinals uh, being all sad and losing. God, what, what a great moment. Um, when <laughs> Daniel Vogelback. Uh, I was at that game, actually, in person. That was that was insane. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Craig Council is going to be taking it cautious, taking it easy. I mean, you saw in the no-hitter the other day that he took Corbin Burns out after eight no-hit innings against the Indians um, at, at 115 pitches. Um, you know, I, I think certainly once they get it wrapped up, Council certainly be playing it cautious with a lot of guys, making sure that they're as close to 100% as, as they can heading into the postseason. You know, you want Avi Garcia at 100%. You want Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff. You want them as close to 100%. You want Willie Adamas at, at 100% uh, heading into October because that's when you need them. I mean, the, the regular season, that all that success is great and all, and it gets you in there. Um, but unless you win the whole thing, you know – what, like, like, what are we really going for? Like, we don't all just want regular season records. You want to ring. Um, and in order to do that, they need these guys to perform at their best at the end of the season. So burning them out in, you know, June, July, August, September doesn't really do them as, as much good when they need them in October. So council is going to be playing to cautious, playing to cautious. Um, and he's going to be, you know, resting guys and, you know, it's like, okay, you completed six really good innings. Do I need to push you for seven? We got this one in control. Probably not. We can take you out after six. You know, some, something like that. So uh, they're, they're probably going to take it take it pretty easy. Yeah, and, you know, you kind of alluded to it a little before we went live here, uh, your hatred for the Cubs. I got to ask, how happy were you as a Brewers fan to see the Cubs kind of blow it up in 2021, getting rid of all their big guys? Oh, it was beautiful. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, for the past few years, it, it feels like the Cubs have been massively underperforming. Like with that uh, roster that they had with that core, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, uh, you know, you felt like they should have done a whole lot more uh, than, than what they did. But they really kind of seemed to coast after the 2016 World Series. They're like, yeah, we won it. You know, nothing left to prove. Let's just, you know, we're just going through the motions now. Um and honestly, at the time in 2016, like I was happy for Cubs fans. Like, okay, yeah, you've been long suffering, 108 years. Um, but then they just never shut up about it. And they just kept on throwing it in every single time. Where's your ring? Where's your ring? It's like you won one of them in 108 years. Okay. Maybe don't talk too much smack about it. Um, so, yeah, after that, then they just became obnoxious uh, to me. So, yeah, I'm fine seeing them uh, a little sad about uh, losing those guys. But, um, yeah, it, it was certainly much needed. Um, I, I was kind of surprised the Cubs were, were willing to do it, to willing to part with Bryant and Rizzo and Baez and, and make trades uh, surrounding all those guys. Um, but, I mean, good for them for doing it. Um, but, I mean, they held on a while, and, you know, they may not have uh, gotten as much back, although I am – very surprised they got Pete Crow Armstrong for Hobby Baez. Um, but hey, they Mets probably are going to the best return. They probably got their best return for the worst player. Yeah, 100%. Not including like, Kimbrough or Tapera. I'm talking like the core that won the World Series. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And I don't understand. I, I think, again, Met's just going to Met because um, they're also an inept organization. Um, I remember the, the Brewers traded Keon Broxton to the Mets for three players. And they traded one of them to get Omar Narvaez. So we got a starting catcher. And we also got this uh, really good prospect down in A-ball, Felix Valerio, who's just been – like he's got more walks and strikeouts. He's hitting like 300-some. He's showing some power now. Like we got this dude for Keon Buxton. Like, of course, that was a Brody Van Wagen era. Yeah. Uh, God, I miss that guy. Um, but, yeah, and, and Javi Baez – I don't know who's going to pay him this offseason, but someone is going to pay him much more money than he's worth, and that contract is going to be an albatross for years Absolutely. to come. I'm not sure if he's going to go back to Chicago. I'm not sure if he's going to stick around in New York um, or if he's going to go someplace else. But, yeah, I'm not sure how they ended up swinging that return uh, for Javi Baez, and they couldn't get, you know, the Chris Bryant return was decent, but there's no real kind of star prospect, I think, there. Um, it, it was definitely and, and Anthony Rizzo. Riz- Go, Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, like, the Bryant trade was, like, with two minutes left before the actual deadline. Like, it was that type of trade. Yeah, because, I mean, they, they got to the point where it's like, well, you know, Bryant was supposed to be, like, the first one of these guys traded. Um, and it's like, are we really going to go through this deadline, trade Rizzo, trade Baez, and keep Bryant? Like, they, they, they had to move him somewhere. And the Giants had to do something because the Giants were sitting quiet all deadline, um, and they needed to make a move. Um, and they just kind of waited out the Cubs, it seemed. I, I feel like Bryant was al- always the guy that they wanted, and the, and the Cubs were just shooting for the moon because why not? Um, but when it came down to the deadline – they just kind of held firm and and they ended up getting a lower price. Would you be okay with a White Sox versus Brewers World Series? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that'd be a ton of fun, really. Um, I, I think those are two really well matched teams. Um, you know, as we kind of talked about, you know, the rotations are are really strong. The the bullpen's really strong. I mean, the Brewers have Devin Williams and Josh Hader. You guys have Craig Kimbrell and uh Liam Hendricks. Like it's that's another pretty elite duo at the back end. Um, so I, I think that'd be a really, really good matchup between these two. And uh, two franchises and two fan bases, I think, that, that really deserve it. Um, so I'm, I'm, really, I'm really excited for, for something like that. I just, I just want the Brewers to get there. It, it's been since 1982 since, since the Brewers got there. So I just want to get there and, and worry about the opponent later. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you on that. Like, I feel the same way. Like, of course, you know, you care about people you like's favorite team, but when it comes to it, you want to see your team in the World Series. But I am thinking about like a cold, chilly October night in Chicago or Milwaukee. And like, where it's nice and warm because we built a roof. Yeah, true, (laughs) true. But like Lance Lynn versus Woodruff, game one of the World Series. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Or Burns versus Rodon, game two of the World Series. Like, feed it to me inject it into my veins that would be so <laughs> sweet and like you said having hater hendrix and kimbrell and then you even include guys like michael kopech into like a world series with like just that dominant of pitching it's like whoever can muster up three runs can win the world series i'm all for it that would be so sweet to watch yeah absolutely i mean just just dominant staffs and um aaron ashby back there brad boxberger has been having a phenomenal season um we got this guy named jake cousins 
We signed him on an independent ball like two years ago. He throws 98 with a nasty slider. Has like the second best stuff plus in all of baseball. Like it's it's crazy what the Brewers have in this bullpen. And then we also have Daniel Norris sitting back there, but I don't think he's going to make the postseason roster. <laughs> Which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, and speaking of Josh Hader, he's got saves in his past two, three appear in two of his past three appearances. Uh, what does he mean for the Bruins to be successful? It's got to. I mean, he, extra mental, right? Yeah, I mean, with what they've done with Hader, because in the past he's been a multi-inning guy. You know, he's pitched two innings um, or, or three innings or, or whatever they kind of ask him to do kind of that Andrew Miller type role, but now he's more in the traditional closers type role and he's responded really well to it. I mean, he's able to pitch back to back a lot more often. Uh, he's, he's throwing harder this year. He had a hundred miles an hour on opening day um, and he's hit, you know, 99 or a hundred. I, I think he's been close to it since. Um, and he's been, he's been a lot better. He's been fresh. He's been throwing harder. Um, and, and he's been consistent and, and closing down games. I mean, he's only got one blown save all year, knock on wood. Um, so he's he's been a key piece uh, to this bullpen, to this team's success, where, I mean, really, as long as your starter leaves with the lead, the Brewers feel quite confident that they're going to be able to lock down the win. For sure, and that's amazing for postseason success. Before we let you go, I want your thoughts on Ryan Braun and what he meant to the Brewers, his retirement and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Ryan Braun, you know, if you're not from Milwaukee, like if you're not a Brewers fan, uh, you're going to have a different opinion on Braun. Um, and he's not going to mean quite the same to you. But to Brewers fans, Ryan Braun uh, was the face of a generation of Brewers baseball. I mean, the, the, the older generation had Robin Yount, Paul Molitor, those guys. But for for our generation, that guy was Ryan Braun. He was the final piece of the puzzle um, of that young core in 2008 with Prince Fielder, Ricky Weeks, uh, you know, final piece to come in. And he brought postseason baseball back to Milwaukee, uh, first time in 26 years. And he brought about a new golden age of Brewers baseball. Um, he went to the postseason five times in 14 seasons. In the previous, what, 40 years of the Brewers franchise, they had only been in twice. One of the most clutch hitters uh, that, that I've ever seen, that, that perhaps the game of baseball has ever seen, always coming through in big situations, um, always coming through against the Cubs, against the Cardinals, um, just really kind of meant everything to a whole generation of Brewers fans and he's really kind of a part of the Brewers family. So, so we accept him flaws and all. All right. He's a, he's a flawed human being uh, made plenty of mistakes in the past, but you know, when it's, when it's a member of your family like that, you know, that that's someone that you're not just going to completely, it's like, Oh no, don't want anything to do with you. I mean, with what he did, especially over the final few years, like after his suspension, um, you know, really kind of turned into a leadership role, um, cleaned his cleaned his act up, was just on a straight and narrow ever since, and uh, really kind of helped build this winning culture that the Brewers have. Because prior to his arrival, the Brewers did not have a winning culture. It was terrible for years. It, it, was, it was all losing all the time. 
And he changed that. His arrival changed that. His attitude uh, changed that. So uh, for us, it's something that I'll always be grateful for that he decided to stick around, you know, sign two contract extensions with Milwaukee. Um, And he's someone that is certainly going to be uh, valued a lot more highly in Brewers history uh, than he will for, for baseball fans across the country. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, Dave, I can't thank you enough for coming on our show. I just want to ask real quick about your, your podcast, the cold brew podcast. What do you talk about on there? Do you talk beer? Do you talk baseball? Like what's your main thing over there? (laughs) Yeah, we, we mostly have been talking baseball lately, not quite as much beer. Um, mostly because we've had to be doing uh, recordings of it a bit earlier in the day. Uh, prior to coming on here, uh, we just recorded our most recent episode, um, you know, a few hours before this, uh, with Jeff Levering, the radio play-by-play voice of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, so we got him on this week. Um, so yeah, we just kind of you know talk some brewers, talk some shop, just kind of you know free-flowing uh, conversation. You know, the past few weeks we've done kind of a minor league tour. Uh, where we, you know, talk about each of the minor league affiliates. We got the radio broadcasters from each of those teams on. Um, we've had, you know, a lot of different guests over the years. You know, radio hosts, uh, beat writers. Uh, we had Pitching Ninja on the podcast. Um, so we've had a program. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big, big friend of podcasts. Uh, that Pitching Ninja. Yeah. So, and obviously, Pitching Ninja is a big fan of the Brewers pitching staff because, come on. We got Corbin Burns. We got Devin Williams. What's not to love? Um, so he might be fans yeah. of the two teams featured on his program the most, on his Twitter account the most. I don't know if another yeah. team well, has I mean, more we, players. The Dodgers maybe. Yeah, and the Mets whenever Jacob Degrom is out there. True. Um, true. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, he like. Our staffs are are just insane. So if we do meet up in the World Series, I think that'd be a phenomenal matchup um, and a really great one to watch. So, uh, but yeah, so Colbert Podcast, yeah, you can find it uh, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. Um, you know, really kind of anywhere you look for them. Um, new episodes normally out every Thursday or, or Friday. Uh, this one I just I just put up uh, right before we came on here. So um, yeah. A uh, lot of a lot of fun stuff to to have there. Very cool. If if we do somehow meet in the World Series, we're gonna have to have you back on and preview the thing. I'm I'm greatly looking forward to the playoffs. You want to promote your reviewing the brew stuff as well because you do great work over there. Yeah, yeah. So um, reviewing the brew, we've kind of got a lot of uh, Ryan Braun uh, retirement stuff up on the site right now. Um, but yeah, reviewingbrew.com. Follow us on Twitter at reviewingthebrew. Um, I promise it'll be fun if you follow, follow me. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, a lot of good stuff coming up, you know, postseason prep and, uh, you know, still kind of, you know, perhaps a bit more Ryan Braun celebration as we get closer to that. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of good stuff, uh, coming on the site. Best, uh, best anal- best brewers analysis you're going to find on the internet. That's for sure. Very good. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. You guys do great work. I'm a huge fan. And thank you so much for coming on. We can't thank you enough. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys, for having me. It was fun. Have yeah. fun and uh, good luck and destroy the Cubs whenever you can. Yeah. I was just going to say good luck to the Brewers the rest of the way. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. It's going to be 
it's going to be a wild ride these uh, final final few weeks. Sure is. Everybody, make sure you're following at dgasper24 on Twitter, and we can't thank you enough. And are we doing a commercial break? Um, don't doesn't look like it. Nope, we're no not. No commercial break. No commercial <laughs> break. Okay. So we are into the rest of the show. Thank you, Dave, so much for coming on. And you know, overall thoughts on the Brew Crew, real quick, before we wrap up that conversation. Yeah. I mean, you look at the standings, especially, and then kind of similarly when you watch these teams play, you look at their lineups. They're almost like the NL White Sox. Yeah. In terms really of the rotation, you know, the power. The Sox have a better. Lineup. They probably have a better hitting lineup. Yeah, they have a better yeah. rotation and bullpen, though, maybe. Maybe. I will get into the rotation in a minute. Dallas Keuchel stinks. I'm done with him. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah good call, Spider-Man. Um, did we help Brennan Davis? I mean, you you know more about his current, you know, performance than i do but i'm gonna go ahead and say yeah but i mean we interview him he finishes whatever quarantine thing they were doing down in double a and then immediately gets called up to triple a hits two bombs in his first two at bats with the iowa cubs i mean you're welcome brendan davis yeah i mean he's standing at that plate he's just thinking of us he's like those two italians they really inspired me they wished me good future they said that we'll be there at Wrigley when he gets his chance and he wants to prove him prove it to and, you, and you know what I don't care what he says he wants to play in that field of dreams game and I won't hear otherwise he wants to be a Chicago Cubs starting outfielder playing against the Cincinnati Reds in the corn and you can be humble all you want I won't hear otherwise yeah he's got some sick cleats on too oh he's just a sweet human being yeah like, he's, he's awesome he just drips swag as the young kids say <laughs> You are so lame. Um, Patrick Wisdom, your boy. My boy. He tied Chris Bryant's rookie home run record, even though he's older than Chris. How do you feel about that? About him doing it or the fact that the record's going to... No, I don't actually care about his age. I care about he's a rookie. He's a well-deserving rookie. He deserved everything. I just cracked a joke about the age. I don't mean it like... He absolutely deserves to be in this conversation for rookie of the year. Like you're a rookie, you're a rookie. So, yeah, I, I'm very happy for him. I think you know, for him to be a rookie at this point in his career, you know, it means that he's. I guess you can call him a late blossomer. Maybe um, it took him a while to get there, but here he is, and he's lighting it up. So I'm rooting for him. I, I honestly hope he does it. If not uh, against the Brewers coming up here, then at home when minnesota comes to town uh, i think it'd be cool to do it in front of that that wrigley field crowd but you know we'll see i'm, I'm rooting for him big time 100 percent um chris bryant speaking of he just went on redline radio redline radio for those who don't know is my number one favorite podcast besides the three that i do of course so i guess it's my number four favorite podcast but it is an all chicago sports podcast Hosted by our friends, White Sox, Dave, Carl, Eddie, Chief. Love you guys. He went on there and told Eddie and Carl inside of Sluggers. They did the interview inside of Sluggers, the bar by Wrigley Field. Mm -hmm. He told them something that really interested me. And it sounded like this.
and you know, would you return? Yeah, I've all, and that was. I feel like the sometimes the story around me is that like, oh, he hates it here in Chicago, and I'm like, I just want to like just strangle some people who say <laughs> stuff like that. It's just like, God, like you just don't know me. Like, and I've never had that that those feelings or thoughts in my mind. Yeah. Why would I like? I've done some really cool, special things here. Why would I ever just want to be like, oh, no, I'm never, would never want to return to that. That sucks. No, yeah. you know, I've really been enjoying my time in San Francisco too. It's like been a nice change of pace for me and like coming to a team that's winning. And like I said, a lot of veterans, that's been different for me and really cool. So it's like, you always have your options, hopefully. And this is obviously going to be a place that I love no matter what. Okay, I have a couple first initial thoughts. First of all, I want to crush a Red Bull with Chris Bryant really bad. Most of the time when you think of like your favorite athletes based on personality, it's like, oh, I want to have a beer with that guy. I don't want to have a beer with Chris Bryant. I want to I want to crush some Red Bull with Chris Bryant really bad. Really bad. I'm talking like drink it so much that like we're shaking. What if he doesn't like Red Bull? He just likes uh, He crushes one in every video he's in. What are you talking about? He literally walked around that entire video like, hey, uh, Chris Bryant. I'm a former NL MVP. And another thing, like, we got to hit sluggers and, like, hit the batting cages before a Cubs game. How have we not done that yet? I always have wanted to go there. That place looks awesome. I've never been. But I I mainly want to go there to take swings. Well, yeah. I just want to swing in general. But um, about what he said, that there was never a doubt in my mind that that's kind of the way he feels. I feel like that's how all those guys feel, regardless of what any of them, what any of the rumors say. There's no reason why they would never want to come back to Chicago, like, this is essentially their second home. 100%. And although I agree it's possible that he believes that way, I don't really see it happening. I don't know about you. Like, No, I, I, think he's too, I think he's too good of a fit over on the West Coast. Me too. He kind of gives me like those California boy vibes. He's from but, Vegas. So whether we yeah. see, you know. But then again, Harper went to the Phillies. So. Yay. Um, I. I just don't think the Cubs are in winning position within the next two years. So I don't see why someone like Chris, who's getting into his late twenties, early thirties, eventually that like, why do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. How old is he? I I don't even, I don't know his exact age. He's still in his twenties, but Pat Pat wisdom is older than him. I'm pretty sure he is. Um, But Chris Bryant, he, he's going to want to go to a contender. No. Yeah. hundred percent. Are the Giants a contender next year and forward? I don't think that's a lock. I would say so. I don't know about that. They were, they went into the season with, a, according to Fangraphs, a 2.6% chance of making the playoffs. And now they were the first team to clinch. They surprised a lot of people. Yeah, so they're obviously ahead of pace. Yeah, right? 100%. But so, you know what? They're also, nobody talks about them in the same mold for some reason. For some reason. I'm going to be the leading charge to change this conversation. No, don't the even Yan- say that they're like the, the Dodgers. Yankees, the Yankees, the Dodgers. No, they're better than the Dodgers. Like by a lot. Yeah. The Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox. We thought the Cubs would be like that, but they're not. We're hoping the White Sox become this. I think it's possible based on their roster and the trajectory. Just one of those teams who figures it out. They are a good organization. The Cardinals, the worst years are still kind of good. That's what the Giants are lately for the last 10 years or so. And they have three wings to show for it since 2010. So how are you going to say that they're better than the Dodgers by a lot? 
What is the most important thing in Major League Baseball? Winning. Winning the World Series. Okay. The Dodgers have won in the last 40 years. The Giants have three in the last 10. That doesn't make a difference between these two teams right now. Oh, no, not now. I'm not saying who's better this season. The Giants have been a better ran franchise than the Dodgers for a while. I don't know if I could back that. They're, they're, yeah, pretty, they... they're getting pretty even now. The Dodgers, eight straight years of making the playoffs, I understand. And what, four World Series appearances? and But the Giants are in that conversation of one of the elite-ran MLB teams now. Yeah, and I don't think there was ever a, a conversation. Not, was... People bring up the Cardinals, the Yankees. The How can Dodgers. you say that for the first half of the decade when they literally won the World Series three times? Because I think before that, it was like the Barry Bonds, Jeff Kent, like those days where the last time they were like any good. I don't know. I think you have a, a wrong opinion of, the, of what people think about the Giants. That's possible, but they're one of the elite ran organizations in baseball that people should be. They sh- they're in the mix every year almost. Yeah. And it even if they have a down year, which we've seen, they they're, it's a quick turnaround, it seems. Gun to your head right now. Do you think they're going to make it to the World Series? No. Do you think they're going to re-sign Chris? I actually do, yeah. Okay. Do you think he's the only one of the Cubs' big three that is going to get re-signed by their current team? No, I kind of like Tony Rizzo in New York. (laughs) I think all three of them are going to stay where they were traded. They all fit really, really well. Well, The only thing that makes me worried is, is Baez relationship with the Mets yeah fans but I mean his relationship with Lindor they're best friends yeah so I mean it would be like if you got traded to my team you'd want to stay because you love me so much you'd be getting traded to my team I'm I'm the guy I'd be the the former superstar that won rings and no because I'm traded off because I'm the guy who got the like 10-year contract for 500 mil don't forget where Lindor came from though he claimed for he came from that Cleveland team that lost to the Cubs in the World Series. Like I partially hate Lindor forever because he just wasn't good enough in that one series. I mean, after what we saw this weekend, this past weekend, I'm I'm forever a Lindor guy. I think he's awesome. <laughs> oh, we will talk about that in a hot minute. Um, the Giants came to town. We went. Chris Bryant's return. Yeah, it feels like so long ago. It's only That's been right. a we haven't don't... had a show. We haven't had a show since going to that double hat where we went to the Cubs game and the White Sox game in the same day. We have not had a show since that day. It, the time is going by so slow. I mean, we've been to like four baseball games. Yeah. I played a hockey game. Yeah, just give your whole life story that people want to hear. I'm just saying is we've done a lot of shit within the past. What did week you that... think? What did you think of the Cubs and what they did for Chris. They put his old walk-up song for one AB. They gave him a nice video. The crowd gave him not one, not two, but three standing ovations. It was cool stuff, man. It was. And I'm great. an outsider. I didn't. St- I didn't clap a single time. I stood up so I can catch a glimpse. I didn't clap. It's not my place to clap. I clapped. I like Chris. I like Chris too, but it's not well, my place. That's to what clap. you're clapping. Why can't you clap for a guy who's returning to Chicago? It's not my place to clap it would be disrespectful to chris sorry (laughs) that makes zero sense no it makes perfect sense i rooted for them to lose 162 games his entire tenure there i was rooting for cleveland in the world series i have no business clapping for chris bryant it's disrespectful to him 
You don't. You're not clapping like for any other reason than oh, welcome back, Chris. Like I'm, I don't I'm happy. deserve. I'm, I'm happy you're myself, back. not Chris. I don't deserve to clap for Chris Bryant. That makes zero right. sense. I, I don't know. I I just can't see your logic on that. If a I diehard thought... Cub fan clapped when like Luis Robert returns in seven or eight years, I'd be mad. You Why? don't clap for him. the Cub fan. The mentality is like, oh, that guy was sick for the White Sox. Like. I'm going to show him the respect he deserves coming back to his home stadium. Uh, it depends on the type of fan, I guess. That makes no sense. I clapped. I was on my feet. I like Chris Bryant. I kind of always have. Um, it was awesome. For We weren't able to really tell, but after watching the playback, he was bawling his eyes out, rightfully so. So yeah, I mean, you can tell from the stands. It's one of those things that, like, when you're at the game, you miss. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, it was cool. I'm happy to say like, oh, I was there. Um, the, the video, even the video they played on the screen out there, it was it was very emotional. I mean, I didn't get emotional, but I, if I if it was my team, it definitely would have made me emotional. <laughs> um, it was very cool. Tough way for them to lose that series getting uh, swept. They're currently in a series with the Philadelphia Phillies. Tough way to lose last night. They were wild pitched off yeah that is not the way to end a baseball game at the mlb level it happens you see it more than you should but i mean if they were like contenders i would be extremely frustrated because that sucks if you're losing a baseball game that way it really doesn't mean anything at this point in the season other than yep that's kind of how it's been going but do you remember when the world series game ended on a balk off a balk? No. Yeah. It was recently. I want to say it involved the Giants. I could do some research on that later. I remember the World Series within the last five five to ten years ended on a balk off. I want to say I was in high school, so it had to be a little while ago now. But, yeah, I definitely remember a somewhat recent World Series ending with a balk, which... Fuck, <laughs> that, fuck that umpire. <laughs> if the White Sox lost a World Series game on a balk... I might go missing. Yeah, I feel like that umpire's got to be like a major dick. Yeah, he's probably like that security guard at the game last night. Oh, that guy was a major dick. I know he's listening too. He's a fan of the program. Not really, but what no, a, he probably is. What a Scrooge that guy was. Yeah, someone peed in that guy's Wheaties. Um, the Brewers are next for the Cubs. It's going to be a tough one for them, I think. Um, wrap up the Brewers as they face the Cubs? Yeah, um, the Brewers are the real deal. The Cubs are not. Uh, I, I'm rooting for my guy Pat to, you know, break that record. It's going to be hard against a team like Milwaukee, with especially with their rotation and bullpen that they have. You know, we just talked with Dave about that. Um, but I don't know. I, it's going to be tough to say. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, another dominant team – in the NL faces the Cubs and puts a sweep on. And then they got the twins right after, which I feel like the twins and the Cubs are probably pretty evenly matched right now. They played really good against the twins last time they matched up. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, I mean, it's in Wrigley. So if you want to see if Pat doesn't have his, his record rookie record home run buy tickets to one of those two games, I, I have a good feeling you'll see it. Yeah. There's also the Brewers not far away. Like some people, some people in the suburbs consider the Milwaukee Brewers Stadium easier to get to than Wrigley Field, depending on where you live. Yeah. Or guaranteed rate field, depending on where you live. 
that's definitely like a stadium I would love to go just because of how easy it is to get to from us. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I did the map from one of our cousin's house and it was closer than guaranteed rate field from their house. Really? Yeah. So big series coming up with the Cubs brewers. Then they got the Twinkies. Um, got anything else on the Cubs before we send it on over to the South side? I finally dropped, dropped Zach Davies off my fantasy team. Took you long enough. It took me till there's a month left in the season. You had your Padres love for him stuck in your mind while you were doing that, I think, while you were hanging on to him. Yeah, I was sleeping on it. That's like that guy. Um, what, was he on the Padres when I had him? Yeah, 100%. Either that or the Brewers. I think it was the Brewers when I had him. Maybe, in it, was, and he maybe was it was. Maybe it was. Um, um, anyway, before we get into the White Sox, How's your talk in fantasy baseball? That is next week is the playoffs. Yeah. Fantasy I'm out. You're, yeah. You're out. I'm not. I'm if I win, I I will be the defending football, hockey and baseball champion. I just had to throw that out there because everyone cares so much. Never been done. Oh, I'm sending a message to every single person in our league to make sure that that doesn't happen. It's never been done. I, I honestly think like, I, my DMs would be flooded. Everyone would want my input, fantasy input. Like I'm, I'm nervous for the the publicity that I might, you know, attract from that. I hope feat. you get smoked. And speaking of things you like getting smoked, the White Sox took two of three from the Red Sox this weekend. We were at two of the three games. We went one and one while we were there. I know secretly you you were wearing your Luis Robert jersey and you were secretly rooting for Devers to give the Red Sox the lead there in the end. Um. You lost. I here's what happened here. And, and a lot of people, a lot of family, friends asked me, you know, who are you rooting for? The easy answer to just shut everyone up is the White Sox. Um, I was not going to wear Red Sox stuff to guaranteed right field. I'm not going to disrespect my Chicago White Sox. Like You've that. done it before. I'm not going to disrespect my Chicago White Sox. There's like a that. picture of you. Not going to disrespect my Chicago White Sox like that. With that being said, going into it, I wanted a great baseball game. We were there on Friday night. We went on Saturday during the day. We missed the Sunday one, which is arguably the closest one. Um, I just wanted to watch good baseball between my two favorite teams, and I couldn't have asked for a better series. Yes, the Red Sox, they could have used that win a little more. Um, I would have been happy if they won the series 2-1. to one. That's sick. I don't even know who that is. That guy's like 70 pounds heavier than me. So I, 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 there's no proof that that's me. Anyway, the, the, the Sox lost like 100 games that year. Chris Sale mowed him down in that game. Exactly. I don't feel bad. I would do it again. This weekend, I was not going to disrespect my Chicago White Sox. With that being said, let me finish before I'm really in, rudely interrupted. I wanted a good game, and Friday was awesome. It was a 4-3 game. The next day, the Red Sox got up to a 7-2 lead and the White Sox ended up winning. Or the Red Sox ended up winning. They held on, it went to extras, and they just, the White Sox weren't able to get it done. That was awesome. And then Sunday night, a walk-off from Lurie Garcia, of all people. It was a phenomenal baseball series, so I really won. I want to tell something to people who hate Lurie Garcia for no reason. Screw yourself. He has been an awesome depth player for the White Sox this season. Oh, if Tim Anderson were playing, we would have swept the... 
no way Tim Anderson would have played as well as Garcia in that series. I'm not saying Tim Anderson's a superstar and Leary Garcia is like a depth player. But for one series, you're not going to tell me Tim Anderson would have had the impact that Leary Garcia did in that series. I won't hear it. You're wrong. And stop ripping on players who play for your favorite team. Let them play. The White Sox played awesome against the Red Sox. And you know what? I'll say it as Tim Anderson just drives in a or not drives in but drives the ball nicely for a single um the white Sox are getting crushed in the series from the angels they took the first one they dominated the first one then yesterday they lost the close one now they're losing nine nothing it seems like every series they have at the back end of their rotation right now they get killed reynaldo lopez and um dallas keichel not getting it done they're running a six-man rotation people don't realize that um, yeah. over the weekend against the Texas Rangers coming up here, it will be Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon, and Lucas Giolito, and I fully expect them to – or Dylan Cease, not Lucas Giolito. Carlos Rodon – or no, Rodon's not going to pitch this series against the Rangers. Tony LaRusso literally confirmed that today. So it's going to be Giolito, Cease, and Rodon – or and Lynn. They should dominate that series. And that's why people who – freak out, you know, in the comments or whatever when they lose 9 nothing to the Angels on a day that Reynaldo Lopez served up 5. I'm worried, I'm worried. Don't be worried. When the right guys are playing, they win. Grandal and Moncada are out of the lineup today. That's their two best on-base guys. Yeah. So, not- tomorrow, tomorrow it's Cease, Saturday is Lance Lynn, and then Sunday is Lucas Giolito. Yeah. And then I think uh, Rodon's going to get – LaRusso confirmed Rodon's getting two more starts this season, one in Detroit and then one in the week following. They're resting him as much as possible. They're getting ready for the playoffs. We heard what Dave said about what the Brew Crew are doing. Um, Which I don't hate. I don't hate it. it. They get killed by the Angels today without Mankata or Grendel. I mean, there were runners on uh, first and second, one out. Romy Gonzalez comes to bat and drowns into a double play. If you think that that's going to like happen in the playoffs, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I. What about him? The only blemishes he has this season mostly are against teams he used to play for. Um, I'm guessing there are there are two managers that have the book on Craig Kimbrell. None have it better than david ross or alex cora yeah you made a good point when we were we were playing catch ourselves that you know not only did david ross manage this guy he caught him mm-hmm. for the red sox mm-hmm. so if anyone knows how that guy's gonna you know look on the mound it's david ross and you're sure as shit he's gonna be telling his boys that so same thing with alex cora who managed him yeah managed him quite well yeah, I'm not worried about Craig Kimbrell. Um, we saw him warming up yesterday. Unfortunately, never made his way into the game. Uh, it's a great problem to have with him and Liam. And Kopech. And Kopech, yeah. Kopech could be a sit closer if he wanted. He was gassing him yesterday. He was. He gave up that bomb. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't agree. There were, there were two questionable moves yesterday. It was... Keuchel starting the sixth inning. Yeah. And then Kopech starting the eighth inning. If they were winning, they would have put in Craig. Okay, well, it was tied. 
maybe it would have stayed tied going into the ninth. Yeah. And, you know, when you have guys like Garrett Crochet and he's uh, on the IL right now because he cut his finger in a freak accident, Ryan Tapera, like those guys, those guys can get it done too. And I'm, I'm as confident in Aaron Bummer as any pitcher in the bullpen. He's probably their fourth best reliever, which when he's he'd, on, he'd when he's the, not on, he's been on the second half. Like Aaron Bummer's back. So I'm just not, I'm not worried about it. And Craig Kimbrell, yeah, his ERA is high with the White Sox. He hasn't I, been put into the safe situations that he's used to. Yeah, he's literally like adjusting on the fly. And as long as he's ready for the playoffs, I don't care if his regular season White Sox ERA is a billion. He will be ready for the playoffs. And pitching is king in the playoffs. Everybody pitches out of role, except Liam's going to be the only one who doesn't pitch out of role in the playoffs. Because all four starters are going to pitch in non-starter roles at some point. And I don't know. I just I'm it's so weird. I'm not worried. Like if they lose a playoff series to the Astros because the Astros were like the slightly better team, I'm not going to go back on my take either. Because the Astros are capable of winning the American League. And yeah. so are the Rays. I, the White Sox should be able to beat all the wild card teams. What do you think is going to happen with Keiko? Is he going to get moved to the bullpen or is he going to be watching the playoffs from his couch? Oh, not the couch, certainly. I don't think he's going to make the roster, though. Uh, I would like to see him in the bullpen because it seems like he faces a lineup once through and it's really good. Literally, we saw it yesterday, and then they come up second time around, and then they start hitting him. Yeah, he only gave up one run through five innings yesterday, and then he came in to start the sixth, which I disagreed with. So I'm sure that run – did that run in the sixth get awarded to him? Probably, yeah. Yeah. So it was looking actually pretty good. It was looking like to be a one-run earned five-inning outing for, for Dallas, and it didn't work that way. So it's maybe him in the bullpen going one inning – be able to get it done. I don't yeah. hate that at all. But like, it always seems like when we get to Thursday and they're resting everyone, everyone's like all of a sudden down. Their magic number dropped from 15 to 7 in like four days. And, you know, that is a lot of help, a lot of the time helped by Cleveland losing, of course. But the White Sox were winning their games too. It would not drop that fast just by Cleveland losing. And so it's been on seven for one full day and people are like freaking out it's probably going to stay at seven again or drop to six if cleveland loses but like when the playoff rotation is set and the bullpen is ready to go the lineup will be the same every single game tim anderson's going to play tim anderson's rotating on and off now and when you have anderson robert jimenez moncada abreu grendal vaughn when Hart Hernandez, when all those guys are in the lineup in the same order every single day, it's going to be dangerous and nobody should worry too much. Yeah. Um, take us if they lose in the playoffs, it'll be because there was a better team that played better and they're going to need to figure out what they need to over the offseason. They're going to need to figure out what it will take to get over the hump. Yeah. Take us through what's going on in that game right now. I see the, the White Sox just got to run. Don't call yeah, it a comeback. Jose Abreu had an RBI single. Jimenez is at the plate, 2-2, one out, sixth inning. They're, they're going to lose. I mean, it's whatever. Whoa, Whoa negative Nelly over here. It's 9-1 to one with three innings left. Negative Nelly. Um, yeah, I've never seen the White Sox put up an eight-run inning before. I mean, I would settle for two four-run innings. I guess it's possible, but 
they have for the most part shut down Shohei Otani in this series. Thoughts? Yeah, showing what are you showing five yesterday? Show for yeah. five. Show for five. I thought I was clever coming up with that, but um, what is he, right now though? Is he, what is he two for three? He's got a couple hits in that game. So I yeah. mean, I don't know. I I was looking at you know some of his in depth because all you really hear about with Shohei Otani like from an outsider, not like a diehard Angels fan or even like a diehard baseball fan. You just hear, oh, he's a pitcher who has forty plus home runs. Uh, you look at some of his, some of his in depth stats. You know he's he's batting what two fifty, which isn't yeah. anything to like you know. But his OPS is over nine hundred. Batting average he, is a crappy. He, crush, he crushes balls. Yeah. Um, a batting average is a dumb stat. I I think if unless if you're a he, leadoff hitter, if he didn't pitch, I would say there's no way he wins the MVP. No, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Exactly. Well, I was going to ask you when you were done talking. With if, what? if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. wins the triple crown, should Shohei still be the MVP? I actually, part of me still believes that Vlad Guerrero has a chance to win MVP, even with what's going on right now. I think a triple crown would be needed to outdo having like an eight war because he pitches at a three ERA level and has pushing 50 bombs. Triple crown is just leading in three. Leading in batting average, home runs, and RBIs. Yeah, I I don't know if he's going to – we'd have to pull up the list of RBI well, leaders again. Salvador Perez had another home run today and extended yeah. his – Abreu had another RBI as well. And he had a, a one yesterday. Yeah. Abreu did. That doesn't help. Uh, uh, I'm looking now. Vlad is sitting at 103. Yeah. Abreu, so Abreu is slightly ahead of him. I, I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the best pure hitter in baseball right now. Yeah, I think he is going to win the home run race. I'll say that. Yeah, uh, him or Salvador Perez, who just doesn't stop hitting him. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be a fun race down the stretch. But I honestly wouldn't count Vlad Guerrero out of that MVP race. And I think Bryce kind of has it locked up in uh... – you don't? No. Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to win the NL MVP. I think. Couple good races going down in each league. There really is. There really is. The is Phillies, the, I, none of them are for sure. I do. I'm not going to sit here and say I think Shohei's for sure the AL MVP. No, I don't know if I think so either. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I. It's right there with the American League Wild Card. It's banana lands. The Yankees, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, the A's, and the Mariners are all right there. It's quite stressful. They are literally all tied they're all eight games back of the tampa bay rays um talk about coming down to the wire give your take who's gonna take them your boston red sox unbiasedly unbiasedly i I unbiasedly think it because (laughs) their remaining games are against the um orioles and nationals nine of their remaining games are against those teams so it wouldn't even surprise me if they like get really hot and host the game yeah that's definitely ideal especially you know chris sale should be coming off the covid list soon uh we saw xander return last friday everyone everyone seems to be coming back so so you're the yankees peaked too early i'll say it again i said it a lot last week so wait your final two are who boston and what the jays yeah i think the jays too which is would music to my ears if the Yankees don't make the playoffs. I think the Jays and one of the Yankees are Red Sox. I don't think 
I think the Mariners are a day late and a dollar short. And I think the A's played themselves out of it. The A's? Yeah. Oh, we're switching gears now? No, that's AL wildcard. Oh, AL. Okay, I see what you're saying there. Yeah. I see now. Yeah. What about the NL wildcard? The Reds have slumped, as Dave mentioned earlier in the show. I think the Padres are probably going to end up locking up that last wildcard spot, right? And they're going to go to Los Angeles and play them in the wildcard game. Or San Francisco, but... Um... It all, I mean, it all depends. If Philly gets hot again, you never know. But the, I guess the safe bet is to say the Padres. But I wouldn't say it's it's a sure shot lock. If the if it's the Padres versus the Dodgers in a one game wild card, that might end up being the most entertaining baseball game of the season. Literally every game that they play already is one of the most entertaining games. So yeah, and I think people underestimate the Padres. I think everybody would just bet Dodgers money line thinking they're going to win a billion dollars. I could see the Padres winning that game and just ousting the Dodgers in a major upset. I do. I don't know. It would be interesting to see how each team handles the pitching. It would be Blake Snell versus Walker Bueller. No, I know. But like after those guys come out, you need to win this game. So like you're are you putting all your marbles on the table? Are you are you going with maybe a starter to relieve? Maybe. Who knows? It is like a game seven. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that would be the most interesting aspect of it. And then also if guys like Fernando Tatis, Mookie, some of the you know, the big names. Bellinger, Turner, both Turners. Exactly. Yeah, I would say the Dodgers are deeper in that regard, but you never know. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers and the Giants clinched. Are you happy about it? Yeah, I am. I actually am not even counting. We're talking about that. I'm not even counting out the Dodgers winning the division. You shouldn't be. Yeah. So I don't even know why we're talking about that. Maybe it could why be the Giants. Or the Giants. Yeah. Which, I don't know. I, I like the way that the Giants... This is going to be very contradicting to everything I've ever said on the show about my Dodgers. I like the way that the Giants would match up against the Padres. It seems like the Padres play way better against the Dodgers than they do against the Giants, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think they would both beat the Padres at the end of the day. I think I think the Padres Giants would be a or Padres Dodgers would be a closer game than the Giants Padres, regardless of the fact that I think that the Dodgers are better. Interesting. And then NL wildcard game might be the better, unless the Yankees play the Red Sox. But uh, can you imagine if it's Dodgers, Padres, and Yankees, Red Sox as the two wildcard games? The MLB is probably hoping for that, licking their chops, yeah. hoping that that happens. Yeah. And the Padres are actually playing the Giants right now. Just started yeah. from the top of the second. I, mm-hmm. I forgot that, that series was going on. Yeah. Um, over the weekend, we celebrated the 20 year anniversary of 9 11. And, you know, we always remember what's going on there. The Yankees played the Mets. And we were discussing whether or not we thought that was on purpose, that the MLB schedule makers had the Yankees playing the Mets the week of that. And we both kind of agreed it probably was on purpose. But there was nothing celebratory about that series at all. Those guys got feisty. Yeah, especially 
Sunday night. Um, there's a lot. There's a kind of a, a nice backstory to it. Explain to the people what happened. So Saturday, there was you know rumblings that the Mets were. And if you if I get anything wrong, feel free to interrupt me. There was rumblings from the Mets side that the Yankees are whistling from the dugout. They are whistling, you know, letting batters know when a fastball is coming. That's the theory. And, you know, you watch the film. There's people, you know, phenomenal YouTubers and such, Twitters, Twitterers who have made some great content showing it, exemplifying it. And it looks, you know, it's hard listening for whistles at a baseball game because everyone fucking whistles, it seems. Um, But, you know, you watch some of these clips of some of these home runs and, you know, you hear this very, very obvious whistle. And then here comes a fastball. So fast forward the next night. Francisco Lindor, my guy, hits a bomb and, you know. I believe he says to someone in the outfield, this is all after, or no, that happened first. He said something to someone, hey, stop whistling, stop whistling. Mike Stanton hits a home run later that game. And as you can see, he had words for someone and Garrett Cole being all tough. I hate that motherfucker. (laughs) And, you know, Javi Baez wants to fight Mike Stanton uh, bench is cleared. Apparently, there you can clearly read Lindor's lips later on, t- telling the umpire like we're good. It's kind of funny here. Lindor is saying, "Go, go back," and Baez is saying, "Come here." <laughs> yeah, one of them wants the smoke. One yeah. of them. So, uh, I mean, tie game in the seventh inning, and then what does Lindor do in the bottom of the eighth inning? He hits his third home run of the game just to shut up every Yankee fan and ultimately win that game for the New York Mets. Now, the question is, are the Yankees whistling? Are they cheating? Did Lindor overreact? Did it, was it his place to call say something about it? Um, my take, unbiasedly, if, you, if they were whistling, it'd be, you would be able to like you know really pinpoint you look over there, right? I feel like someone would have seen someone whistling. You have yeah. to be doing it from the dugout visibly. Whistles happen in baseball games. Go to a baseball game or listen when you're watching it on TV. Just listen to all the whistles that you're able to hear. People love whistling at baseball. So, I mean, I got to kind of take the Yankee side on this. Like, you can't really peg them for whistling to tip off fastballs. You're allowed uh, to do that. Yeah. Stealing signs from a guy being on second base is a tale as old as time. Yeah, that's why that's why guys going on. The Red Sox balked someone to third base so they can't see the signs. They did it on purpose. Yeah. So I agree with the Yankees for kind of getting mad for being accused of whistling. But what a what a way for Lindor to just shut them up. (laughs) I, (laughs) I was on the Yankee side. Yeah, so am you, I. And it you sucks. whistle if you can. And when Mike Stanton hit that home run, I I was so happy. And yeah, then but also like Mike Stanton. I was so happy. I was also so happy when Lindor did though too because I love nothing more than like a good heel. And Francisco yeah. Lindor is now the heel of the Yankee fan base. 
and the fact that that was not his first, not his second, but his third home run of the baseball game to give them a seven to six lead in the bottom of the eighth inning, it capped off Sunday night baseball in a way that won't happen again this year. That's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It really. Um, yeah, I can't. I, I wish the Yankees and the Mets were able to play each other just a little more. I wonder if people feel that way about the White Sox and the Cubs. We need a good White Sox Cubs like fight. It Been the thing is the thing is the the Mets. I would consider the Mets a very good baseball team right now. Yeah, the Yankees are obviously a very good baseball team as well. Have we really seen a true Cubs White Sox series recently? where both teams are very good baseball teams. No. Last year, but there were no fans in the stands. And even, yeah. They were separated by one game last year. Both teams were good in 2020. True. The Cubs tailed off. The Cubs were so hot to start in 2020 that their below average record in the second half of those 60 games kind of went under unnoticed. But at the end of the day, they were one less win than the White Sox in 2020. The White Sox had them by one game. Yeah, and the but the White Sox even last year were nowhere near it they were this year. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, you're right. Last year, it's hard to compare because you're right now, no. But throughout the entire season, 2020's team might have been better just because Robert and Jimenez were in the and Grandal were in the lineup every day. Yeah. And so that that does make a difference. This year's pitching is worlds better. Yeah. They would have loved to have if they had Lance Lynn and Rodon last year, they probably would have beat the A's. Because they had a lead in that game three against the A's, a multi run lead, and then uh Rodon blew it. Yeah, we need more of what we just saw on the screen right there. We need some fan fights. It seems like it happens every time at uh the old crosstown classic. If one major league stadium getting banned from didn't get you banned from all of them, I'd do it. Yeah, we were talking about that yesterday. Like, if I were to get banned from Guaranteed Rate Field, like, how are they gonna are they gonna know me if I go to Wrigley? No, I'm not so I'm not. Well, when you're a huge podcaster three years from now, yeah, maybe. Yeah, eventually. I mean, the goal is, you know, like, hey, Joey Priest, you can't be here. But right now, with my 139 followers, go follow me at Joey Parisi, and no one's going to know who I am. <laughs> we have a family thing coming up this weekend that is going to hit home. We have a, a little birthday party for our little cousin, and it's themed for the Sandlot. And we discussed the Field of Dreams movie at length when the Field of Dreams games happened. It's one of our favorite movies ever. I want to talk a little bit about the Sandlot before we wrap up the show. What is your favorite thing about the Sandlot to start? My favorite thing about the Sandlot, like the, my favorite scene, my favorite moment of the movie. Whatever came to your brain when I said, what's your favorite thing about it? My favorite is that end scene where it, the dog chases Benny th- throughout the uh, <laughs> um that scene is probably one of my be- favorite like baseball scenes in general from a baseball movie yeah it's, it's childish and stuff it's not really baseball but like the whole lead up to that you look at it from a movie perspective the lead up to that scene him talking to babe ruth in his dream he yep. gets he gets the new shoes what are they called 
uh, PF Flyers. Yeah, he gets the new PF Flyers, and he's guaranteed you know, to make a kid run faster and jump higher. Yeah, he just he takes off his old ones and puts on the fresh, clean ones. And when I was a little kid, I was like, "Oh shit, the new shoes actually make you run faster and jump higher." So I always thought when I got new shoes as a kid, because I've seen that movie so many times, that I was able to run faster and jump higher when my shoes were brand new. I literally thought that when I was a little kid. Um, so that whole scene of him run, running through town from Hercules was amazing. And then all to find out that the dog is cool dog and James Earl Jones is a cool guy. 100%. I mean, Darth Vader had the ball in their backyard. No shit they were scared to get him. Yeah, exactly. Another favorite scene, I'll go real quick here, is all the little schemes that they tried to get that ball back. They were all dumber than the next. Yeah, my favorite one was the, uh, I don't know, I, my little nerd self loved it when they built like the little scoop thing. Farther. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then they scoop fire, it up. Fire, 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 fire. And then when they finally <laughs> launch it, the dog jumps up. Also in, uh, what's his name? I forget his name. Uh, the, the catcher? No, not oh. the catcher. Um, he's wearing the chest protector and they like lower him down. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then when, when they pull him up, he goes... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great movie. I, I love that movie. The beginning when they play finger popping time and uh, Benny's running around the bases. It's just it's just such a good movie. And the story of it and Benny becomes a major league baseball player. He steals home as a pinch runner in the major leagues to end the... And Smalls is like the announcer. It's it's just a great movie. I'm actually probably gonna watch it to have be all tuned up before this little this little birthday party. I have my Benny the Jet Rodriguez shirt that I'm gonna wear. Yeah, I'm wearing my Dodgers jersey. There's um, nobody cooler in our childhood than Benny the Jet. No one. I was a Hamilton Porter guy myself. Of course you were. Hamilton Hamilton Porter is my guy. You know, the chubby kid who liked to drink pops and eat hot dogs on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Um, yeah, I, I liked Benny just because I liked to hit when I was younger. I, I've become more into pitching as I got older, but hitting was my thing when I was younger. And it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, I did like that they all had like cool hats too. And um, what's his name? The pitcher. Um, I was able to think of everybody's name on the spot. Uh, Kenny, right? Kenny. Yeah, I, I did. I've. It's he was wearing he long. was wearing a Kansas City Monarchs hat, and it's you know one of the original Negro League teams. And boy, that hat is cool. I got to get me one of those. Yeah, I, I uh, want to say, were the Monarchs the team Jackie Robinson played for before the uh, Dodgers? I, I can't remember the exact team, but all those hats, like the jerseys, uh, the White Sox wear one every now and then. There was a game before COVID. I want to say they were playing the Yankees. And each team had like a local jersey from the Negro Leagues, and it was just—I I love that heritage so much. So shout yeah. out, shout out to Kenny. Um, that was a good name pull. I got the—I got all the kids' names right here. It was shout Kenny. Out. Yeah, it's Kenny. Hell yeah, Timmy Timmons. Remember him? Timmy and Tommy Timmons. <laughs> Hamilton uh, Hamilton Porter, uh, Michael Squints Paladoris. Um. Can't Gordon, when you mention Gordon, Bir- Gordon Bertram Weeks, when you mention Squints, you got to mention our girl Wendy Peppercorn. Wendy Peppercorn. Is it Pepper mm-hmm. or Prefer? I don't know. Just as Wendy. Just no. as Wendy. Yeah, we all remember the scene. 
where Squints puts the move on her and they all get booted from the the pool. Nothing will there's also the scene where they uh they're on the ride. Yeah. At the, at the uh carnival and they're all packing lips with some Redmond's chewing Remember tobacco. Remember the tall the tall lanky kid? His, it says his name is Bertram. 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 I don't remember that. I don't remember that being his name. Yeah. Bertram, it's like a favorite moment of ours. Like every time he, he pops he's, up. He's so buzzed from the chewing tobacco. He's like. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah, this weekend, that's your guys' uh, movie to watch. Baseball movie to watch. The Sandlot. Maybe I'll get a pack of Redmonds from the gas station or something and just chew a bunch of tobacco during the party. I'm not going to lie. That shit looks gross. It that, looks like, disgusting. You actually like chew it, no? Yeah, because most of uh, us have only ever done like winter green lawn. Yeah, it's not something like packing. You, spit, you chew that shit. Yeah. yeah, it's gross. Yeah, no shot. That was a joke. Not going to happen. Um, I love that movie, though. Great movie. Yeah. Um, Maybe we'll take a couple pictures of us in our Dodgers. I'm actually probably going to wear. I have the hat that Benny gives Smalls because he was wearing that ugly fisherman hat. And Benny's like, that thing was sick with the long bill. It's ugly as hell. He's like, Smalls, you got a fireplace? Yeah. Throw that hat in it. Here, it's my old hat. And he hands him a UCLA Bruins hat, but it's just a yellow C on a Navy hat. And I love it. Yeah. Don't you have one? I do. You should be wearing it right now. Probably what I'm going to rock. You're going to wear it right now for this moment, but. Can't wear every hat, man. I can't even remember what to say sometimes on this show, let alone remember what hat I'm wearing all the time. But this was a good show. We talked some Milwaukee Brewers baseball. Joey did his socks crawl hat. And the reason we did Milwaukee was because that's who the Cubs are playing this weekend. And I I just think, regardless of if the Cub fans in the chat hate the Brewers or not, to me, they do mirror the White Sox in terms of how the teams are built. It's all foundation on pitching and coaching and bullpen with some big bats in the middle of the order too. Um, I don't know. I, I thought, I thought it was good brewers insight. I do enjoy watching the brew crew. We'll see what happens when they play each other this weekend. And this will be the first week of a show, like first week in between shows that we don't go to a baseball game in a while. We got, we're not going to be at, at any games. The yeah. White Sox are taking a big road trip, 11 game road trip after this game against the angels is over. So we're not going to be at Guaranteed Rate Field for the while. Shout out my good friend Joe Mandel. I do have tickets to the Reds series when they come back. We will be right there at Guaranteed Rate Field when they return. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say on behalf of Major League Baseball before we head on out of here? No, we talked a lot of good baseball. Um, Looking forward to another weekend of week two of the NFL. If you want to quick brush over some NFL. I hate Matt Nagy with every Here he goes. Here of he my goes being. Again. I want that guy fired and on the next plane to his hometown starting tomorrow. The I, I, I'm rooting for the Bengals. I want the Bengals to smoke them. I want it to be so obvious that they are a disaster of a franchise. Mm. I can't stand every like I like Justin Fields. I like Monty, David Montgomery. I like Khalil Mack. Allen Robinson, I you look at his charts of his routes from the game, and they were disgusting. <laughs> I like how we get the background change when we start rolling into Bears. <laughs> um, I despise 
how Allen Robinson never had a target like far down the field. Like all of his routes were like, get your shit Um, together, get it all together and put it in a backpack, all your shit. So it's together. Morty knows what's up. That's Morty, right? Yeah. Rick is the other one. Yeah. Yeah. I like Morty knows more about football than Matt Nagy and you will not convince me otherwise. Ryan Pace is the worst GM. Do you know he's about to enter his 8th draft if he don't get fired? 8. Who gets who keep 8 drafts when it's been this bad? And they don't even have a first round pick so there's no reason to tank. They're not going to get a top 5 pick cuz the Giants have it. The Gi- the people in New York are laughing. They're like, we get this first-round pick of this team that's going to have a bottom-five record. Yeah, they got Justin Fields. He's a good player, but they don't even play him. Mm, I can't wait to watch Tom. Sorry, I brought it up. I can't wait to watch Tom. You should be sorry you brought it up. That's, I mean, I like talking baseball. The White Sox are in first place. The only games they lose it's are the Thursday. games they we got Thursday everyone. Night Football tonight. Yes, make sure you tune in to all the great programming across the Barroom Network that d- discusses the NFL. The Washington football team will be playing the New York football giants. That should be a pretty fun game to watch. I think the NFC East is probably going to be better than people think this year because they were such an atrocity last year. But if I hear one NFC North fan ripping on the NFC East, I'm going to just laugh at you and assume you don't watch football because like the NFC North looked disgusting. Speaking of uh, football, everyone plays fantasy football nowadays. Hurry, I'm holding back a fart. Everyone plays fantasy football. I play fantasy football and fantasy baseball. This time next week, I will be four days into the semifinals of our fantasy baseball league. I need I need good vibes. I need You haven't even paid yet. I'm locking your team until you pay. Uh, I, I don't I don't need to pay. I don't, it's coming right back. <laughs> Well, hopefully the Bears don't look like a complete joke against the Bengals, even though I kind of, like I said, I kind of am rooting for it. Um, make sure you catch all the NFL programming, like I said, on Barroom Network. Bulls 101 Sunday night, South Burbs Hibman Monday night. And guess what, bro? There's hockey to watch this weekend. I, I was this close. I was at the gym today. I re- this will be quick. I was looking at tickets for the first, or not the first, a preseason game. On like late September, I believe it's like the 29th or something. It's a Wednesday. I'm in. We would do our hockey show. They're playing the Red Wings. Who knows who the fuck's going to start? Maybe we'll get lucky and see Flurry. Who knows? You never know what preseason. Yeah, and media is going on right now in Chicago. There, it's like the best, the best player from every team is in Chicago right now. Is that what it is? It's all yeah. in Chicago. It's all in oh, Chicago. I, the best I, player from every no, NHL team I, I don't is know in the what city. Decided right where it is because Charlie McAvoy's doing it for Boston. Yeah, it's uh, Jack Hughes for the Devils. So Mark Andre Fleury for the Hawks. Um, yeah, no doubt about it. I'm I'm pretty excited. That'd be cool. Like, the Devils pre-season. play the Bruins. The Devils play the Bruins this weekend. Yeah, uh, the prospects. Uh, it is Saturday. No, Sunday. Sunday, September nineteenth, one p.m. So it'd be noon our time. <laughs> I, I am that lady when thinking about hockey and baseball being on at the same time. All right, I'll stop thinking of uh, topics that keep getting us away here. Away from what? It's our show. Rain. I'm all frustrated. I don't know how to go away. Oh, really? So I might just pick this way. You could go that way. Oh, well, I might. I might. That is ridiculous how real that looks. Go ahead, no. I love it. The internet is undefeated. Um, We got to see... 
really close up yesterday. You know, shout out to our guy, Yasmani Grandal. Um, I love going to the White Sox games, and even on days they get killed because they don't start anyone. Although a Luis Robert Grand Slam right now would make it nine to five. Um, I hit seventy four on the speed pitch thing. I went up a mile per hour, unwarmed up. No one cares. No one actually. You cares. don't know. What if the scouts are watching? I care. You're gonna hit eighty. You will hit eighty, and I will hit seventy five by next year. That's my goal. You're gonna hit seventy five. I don't know yeah. about that, Chief. I'm gonna. You'll see. Whenever you tell Vinny Parisi he can't do something, he does it. You know that you should know that by now you, more than anyone. Yeah, but that's you going up like twelve miles per hour. I know. Yeah, probably not seventy five. That's a lot. My arm is dead. No, my arm's dead. I for the most part have a dead arm. Um, it's all that catching. So and I really wish you would forgive me, Papa. <laughs> huh. Imagine calling Justin Verlander Papa. Um, shout out to everyone who watched. We appreciate you. Shout out Dave Gasper from reviewing the brew of fansided.com for coming on as our guest today. We greatly appreciate it. Joe, shout out you for dealing with all this nonsense that I come up with. Shout out Mike North for mentioning us again. You know, if he ever wants to talk to the Italians himself, he's more than welcome. He does owe me money. For what? I don't know. He just assumes that he owes us money. So like, why wouldn't I be like, yeah, he owe me money. Of course you do. I'm wondering where the fuck our money is. <laughs> I want to know where the hell our money is, Mike North. You yeah. got till Tuesday, Mike. <laughs> Play the clip. I want. A- I turned it on to Parisi's. You know, they're fun. They look like a couple guys that once asked me, "Do you have the money yet?" <laughs> uh- <laughs> Mike, I swear on this Red Bull. If you don't give me my money by Tuesday, we're gonna have words. We need Mike North. Uh, I, I want to talk hockey with him because a few weeks ago he said, I don't want to argue hockey with those two. I want to argue hockey with you, Mike North. Uh, I'd have him on either show. If he's comfortable talking hockey, we could talk. I know he's comfortable talking baseball. No, I, I listen to the Mike North advantage almost every day so or every, almost every week. And so I know he's capable of talking hockey or baseball. If he want, If he's comfortable talking hockey, I'd love to have him on. Let's do it. Um, and he better have our damn freaking money. Love you, Mike North. For at Joey Parisi on Twitter, on Twitter, I'm at Vinny Parisi on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. Go White Sox.